0: I see most of you still have your Bibles open to Hebrews 11, so we're gonna stay there. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) I wanted to say amen when you were done, let's go home, but we will proceed anyway. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for bringing back so many of the people that have been away for the past several weeks as we've been dealing with this uh, upsurge in the pandemic We pray that today while we're all here together, you will will unite our hearts. You will join us spiritually as well as we are here together physically. Father, help us worship you, help us honor you, help us learn more about you and apply what we learn. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Hebrews 11. Before we get started, get all my notes organized so I can uh, confuse myself when I lose my place. Boop, told you I would do that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I started working our way through Psalm 23. We will continue in Psalm 23 today by looking at Hebrews 11 because they join so well together, as most of you probably had no clue like I didn't. Um, As we study Psalm 23, it is my goal to share with you overlays. For those of you who are old like me, you remember in school we had overhead projectors, and the teacher would put a map on there of Europe before World War I. And we would look at that, and we had no clue what any of those countries were, how to pronounce them, or really where it was in the world. And then they would put another map right on top of it of current day. And then we could see where France and Germany and England and some of the countries we were familiar with were, and then the original one made sense. So that's what we're going to do with Psalm 23. I did that last time as we looked at John 10 in light of who the shepherd was in the act of shepherding. We're going to do that today with Psalm 23 through Hebrews 11. So let me read you Psalm 23 before we get into Hebrews 11. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A couple of weeks ago we started and we looked at the, the phrase, the Lord. If you remember, we took an entire service just looking at the Lord and how great God is, how awesome God is. We focused on some of the aspects of the Lord that David would have been familiar with. So anything that happened after David's time period, we really didn't look at. We looked at some of David's uh, genealogy with how the Lord dealt with Ruth and Boaz and how God was a promise making, promise keeping God. We looked more at the the harshness of God, that God is big, he's awesome, he's powerful, he is the provider, he is the sustainer, but we really didn't look at the mercy and the love and the justice side and the comfort so much. At that point, we will get into that later. The following week, we looked at the concept of shepherd. We saw that shepherd in this text is a verb, it is an active, function that God was doing, so that great, powerful, awesome God was actively shepherding us. One thing I did not mention that I want to bring out today is, in order for a shepherd to actually shepherd his sheep, where does he live? (laughs) With the sheep. What does he smell like? Sheep, they stink. Remember, John 10, Jesus said he is the good shepherd. Jesus left his father's throne, came to earth to stink with us. And if you remember, we talked about sheep are not very bright. We actually use the D-U-M-B word. Remember, we are those sheep. So today I want to look at the I shall not want. So to do that, I want to play a game. I know we're here to worship. Worship is serious. It's solemn. We're trying to learn about a holy God, but we are gonna play a game. The game is called In Other Words. So we are gonna look at this phrase, I shall not want. We're gonna look at Hebrews 11. But while we're going through that, I want you to be thinking of other places that this phrase, I shall not want, is used, but you will not find those words. You have to find it in other words. So just doing a word search on I shall not want will not help you at all. I'm going to give you a few as we're going through. You'll see them in Hebrews 11. They're going to start jumping out at you. But I want you to start thinking because at the end, class participation, you are going to help out and share some of the others that we may miss. I'll give you a few of the more obscure ones when we get to the end. But there's some that I think will jump off the pages at you as we go through Hebrews 11. Before we actually look at Hebrews 11, I want to remind you of some of these, John chapter 10, 20, or before we get to some of these, I want to connect Hebrews 11 and Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says, I shall not want. We do not see that in Hebrews 11. Instead, Hebrews 11 is commonly referred to as the hall of fame of faith. Do we see the word faith or the concept of faith real clearly spelled out in Psalm 23? when he says, I shall not want. Yeah, we can kind of make that jump, if we think about it. It's not really the first thing that comes to mind, but now that I said it, we think that way, right? Well, in John 10, 27, last time we looked at John 10, which was three weeks ago, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and follow. Why do they follow? They know their shepherd's voice. So if he says, let's walk off the cliff, are they all gonna walk off the cliff? Probably because sheep are D-U-M-B, right? Remember my grandson doesn't like that word so I can't use that word. Why else do the sheep follow the shepherd? They trust him, they have faith, they have experience. They know that their best interest is in his hands. Romans 10, 17, does anybody remember Romans 10, 17? By the way, Steve, if you know any of these, you're forbidden to talk. Doctor's orders. (laughs) You can write them down and give them to somebody else. Faith comes by hearing, hearing Hearing by the word of God. God. So as we play this game, in other words, I do not want to hear you say, hey, I remember somewhere Samuel said something like, kind of similar to this. Rule number one, that is not allowed you need to open your Bible, you need to find the verse, you need to find the passage, you need to read that out loud so we're hearing it from God's Word, not from your or my bad memory of it, okay? Rule number two about the game, if you know a scenario where it's not really spelled out but the theme is there, in other words, and you really can't find it, we will kind of ignore rule number one, but it's an exception, okay? For the most part, we want to hear from God's Word. So, Hebrews 11, I am going to read through the entire text. We're going to spend most of our time here. And I don't have to spend much time on the end because I think Tom nailed it. Verse 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. Before we go any further, what does verse 1 tell us about faith? Where does the hope come from? From God himself. So he gives us that hope to hope in him. It's the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. So how can I explain something to you that is not seen using words that we don't understand about a God that is so big we cannot possibly wrap our mind around him? We have to use a lot of in other words. We have to do a lot of describing and repeating and painting pictures and giving metaphors, It's kind of likes. God has revealed something specifically, this is God, but we still can't wrap our mind completely around, around that. So here we see in, in Hebrews chapter one, faith comes in because we really don't know from experience, we have to trust. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. Was anybody else there other than God? Do we have any other first-hand accounts, TikTok videos, YouTube, something to help us understand that? So we have to believe by faith, faith from God himself. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, here's in other words. Okay, here's the picture. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch, if you look up Enoch, you're gonna find some in other words, okay? Catching on to how this game works? Everybody's thinking along these same lines? By faith Enoch was not taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up, for he obtained the witness that before his being taken up he was pleasing to God, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Who comes to God? Think back to Psalm 23. those who know his voice, his sheep. His sheep are the ones that come to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So think of God as the shepherd. He's calling the sheep. The sheep respond in faith and come to him. Without faith, without the hearing, they cannot come. See how these are merging? Psalm 23, merging with Hebrews 11. You're picking up on that? Uh, verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and by which he became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Hearing some other, in other words prompting in your head, Noah, okay? Did Noah hear God's voice? Did Noah follow? Did Noah have any wants? What did Noah want? To obey God. Build the ark. Whatever that was. Okay? By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out where? To a place. Don't know where. To a place. Don't know. He left everything behind to follow. Give you a hint, that's in in other words, okay? He was following his shepherd and he had no want. I will just follow. God will provide. Verse nine, by faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which which has foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. What did Sarah just say? What did Sarah say here? God's bigger than the age and everything that God promised. I will follow. In other words, the Lord is my shepherd. What, what do I have to want for? God's going to provide. <clears throat> Verse 12, therefore, there was born even of one man, and him as good as dead, at that as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promise but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles in the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. So what were they seeking? Not this world. What did this world mean to them? Nothing. Nothing. Strangers and aliens. Didn't have any effect on them, did it? It was worthless. It was rubbish. Okay, we're picking up. They were saying they had no want. They had Christ. God is their shepherd. The Lord is their shepherd. What else do they need? Uh, verse, uh, Verse 17. By faith, Abram, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom he was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. Okay, anybody hearing anything there? What are we hearing? Mm-hmm. Picture of Christ being the only begotten. Yep. We hearing anything else? Lived by faith. Lived by faith. Believed Isaac was the son of faith by faith. Right. Was the only son. His only was son. His only the only heir. Even though God promised his descendants would be innumerable, and what was Abraham supposed to do to Isaac? Kill him. Kill him. Does Isaac, does Abraham go through with that attempt to kill his son? Hmm. What did Abraham want more than anything in life? To please God, not his son. Ooh, it's challenging, isn't it? Was the Lord Abraham's shepherd? Did he want for anything? No. Verse 19. <clears throat> He's, he considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons, each of the sons of Joseph, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave them orders concerning his bones. I'm losing my voice as we're going through here, so hopefully I make it through. Verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. What just happened with Moses? What is he saying? looking at the eternal, not the temporal. What did he want? Christ, he rejected all the riches of Egypt, became a slave, was treated as a slave, was beaten and abused, then went out in the wilderness for 40 years before he led the children of Israel. And he considered all that greater, having Christ greater than all the treasure of Egypt. In other words, he was saying the Lord is a shepherd. Wherever he leads me, I go. Verse 27, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured as seeing him who was unseen. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. Can you imagine being with Moses? You are now completely surrounded. This old fool led you out in the wilderness to be destroyed. Would you have gone through the Red Sea with him? Would you have taken your chances with the army? I mean, maybe they'll spare you and take you back as a slave. Better than drowning, right? But it says that Ab- that Moses did this by faith. He didn't know the sea was going to open up. He just followed what God told him to do. The Lord is a shepherd. He didn't want. Verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. That makes sense, doesn't it? Joshua, Moses, just walk around. Well, Joshua, not Moses, just walk around. I'll take care of the rest. Did Joshua say the Lord is my shepherd? Yeah. Verse 31, by faith Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And the part that Tom had read, what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection and others were tortured, not accepting their release so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword, and they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. What did all these people, men and women, young people, old guys, what do they all have in common? Saw Saw God as their shepherd. They walked by faith. They heard his voice they followed. Nothing in this world mattered to them. They didn't want any of it. They all saw Christ as more worthy than anything they could even imagine. Is that how we live as Christians today? Verse 39, and all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. What was promised? What are they talking about? The Messiah. The Redeemer had not yet come. So they walked by faith. They lived focused on this event that was going to happen, and they did not get to see it. We can see it. We can look backwards and see the Messiah came. Jesus was here first time. We know he's coming back. Does it make a difference in our life? It should. should. Look what happened to all these people. And by the way, Steve, I think when you preached through this two years ago or whenever it was, you had even pointed out that these were not exceptions. What these people are doing, that's what normal Christianity should look like. Are we normal Christians? Is that how our lives look? In other words, is the Lord our shepherd or do we want? Okay, open your Bibles to Job. Job chapter one. I'm gonna start us off in the other words. I'm gonna give you a few, maybe a little more obscure that you may not even think of. Job chapter one, verse 20. Job has lost everything, his home, his family, his fortune, his animals, everything. So is his wife and his, his main home. And as a result, he said, then Job arose and tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground, and? In other words, Job was saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin nor did he blame God. When God takes everything from you, what will your response be? Will you worship? That's tough. Later on, Luke or Job chapter 13. I think I wrote the wrong one down. I know I did. Job 18. Okay, we'll skip the second one from Job for now. Daniel, chapter 3. We looked at this one a number of weeks ago with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as I say that, most of you probably already know the passage I'm going to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down and worship the idol that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Nebuchadnezzar calls the men and tells them, you have one more opportunity to bow down and worship. Verse 16. Well, at the end of verse 15, Nebuchadnezzar said, what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Kind of a bold statement, isn't it? And he's about to find out. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. That's what they said. They said, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Sounds like they were following their shepherd. Okay, your turn. I have a few more. We will see what you have come up with, and if nobody comes up with anything, then you're going to have to deal with some of mine. Go ahead, Charles. Uh,
1: Matthew 6,
0: uh, 25-33. Okay, read it out.
1: That's well, why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father them. aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single tree to his height by worrying? Why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of those. That's how God closed the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in into the furnace tomorrow. Won't He do much more for you? You have little faith, so don't worry. Saying what we eat, what we drink, what we wear, but the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you.
0: Yeah, the Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Awesome. Anybody else?
2: Mm-hmm. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So they will be one flock, one shepherd. And by saying they will listen to my voice, meaning that we as the sheep, if we truly know the Lord, we'll listen. Mm-hmm. And will listen. They can say that He's sufficient, He is our shepherd. And shall not want.
0: Shall not want. Great.
3: I will go where you lodge. I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything, but death broke hearts from you. And when Naomi heard, when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more.
0: Yeah, Ruth was saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I will follow you. In this case, she was following Naomi because Naomi was following the Lord. Absolutely. <clears throat> Any more? Go ahead, Tim.
4: Um, not sure if this is a pure. In other words, but thought it was close enough. It's uh, Matthew four eighteen to twenty-two. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen said to them follow me and I will make you fishers of men. immediately they left their nets and followed him and going on from there he saw two other brothers James and the son of James the son of Zebedee and, his, and John his brother in the boat was Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them immediately they left their the boat and their father
0: and followed him Yet yeah, Jesus said something greater absolutely in other words Lord was their shepherd they followed Followed because they were called. Absolutely. Go ahead, Charles.
1: Um, Luke twenty-two thirty-five. He also said to them, when I sent you out without money bag, traveling by or sales, did you lack anything?
0: Hmm.
1: Not a thing, they said.
0: Absolutely. Following the shepherd. Go ahead, Christian. Oh, this might be one of those overarching ones you're talking about. Okay.
2: Yeah. And letting Jesus be his shepherd,
0: uh, and choosing to worship God, worship Christ over his own life, which he put on the line. Out there. Yeah, the whole army was out to kill him. That's yeah. why they were there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He followed the Lord, followed the shepherd. Anyone else? They're all over the place. There's some really, really good ones that nobody jumped on yet. Surprised.
3: Uh, Acts 7, Stephen, when he's being put to death, uh, verse 51 You men are stiff necked and uncircumcised in your heart, and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the laws as ordained by angels, and yet did not keep. Hmm. Knowing that he was going to die, and you
0: know, yeah. he wasn't worried about it. Wasn't worried at all. Not worried at all. Tim? I'm not, um,
4: I missed a reference you made before. Was it Romans
0: 1.16 that you quoted before? I, Romans 10.17. Okay. Romans uh
4: it's kind of in the middle of Paul's letter, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, "The, righteousness, and the righteous shall live by faith."
0: Awesome, it's a great one.
2: What's significant about that was
0: Reformation. hmm Yeah, Luther, not in our text, not obviously not in the Bible, but followed the shepherd anymore. Oh. He says,
3: uh, um, now Jesus is going to Jericho, and then Jesus, uh, blind Bartimae Mart- says, uh, Jesus, son of God, son of David, have mercy on me, and many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried all the more, son of David, have mercy on me, Jesus stopped and said, call him, and they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you, and throwing off his clue, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you whole, what made you well, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way.
0: I like it. I like it. Any hey, more? Charles?
1: Psalm thirty seven, probably most of the Psalm, but just twenty three to twenty six. It says the man's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed, because the Lord holds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous abandoned, or his children mm-hmm. begging bread? He's always generous, always lending, and his children are a blessing.
0: Absolutely. A good shepherd. Go ahead. Um, Matthew 8,
3: 18 through 23. And now Jesus saw the crowd around him. He gave orders to go over to the other side and ascribe him up to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have, birds of the air
4: have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my Father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. though their own dead. And when he got into this boat, his disciples followed him.
0: Yeah, awesome. Nothing is more important than following Christ. I'm going to what you asked about. I don't have the
2: scriptures right now. Oh.
0: Yeah. Yep. He, he heard the voice, but he didn't listen and follow. I get back to Isaiah six when
3: um, Isaiah is called, and God, God, well, God says, um, <coughs> "Who shall I send?" And he says, "Here I am." You
0: might send me, absolutely, and it cost him a ton. Tim, you had your hand up. Um,
4: I went to Revelation 3.8 to, to the church of Philadelphia. and says, I know your words, behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Uh, behold, I will meet those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. Behold, I will make them come down. Come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you, because you have kept my word about patient, patient endurance. I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have, so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He, have, he who has an ear, <coughs> let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
0: Yeah, back to the hearing part. I love it. Go ahead.
4: In uh, First Samuel 17 with David and Goliath, specifically pointing out verse 37, and David said, the Lord who will deliver you from the fall of the lion and the fall of the bear, he will deliver you from the hand of his Philistine.
0: Yeah, he's got experience following the shepherd. I love it. Go ahead, Nick. Love it, I love it. Any more? Yeah. Okay, Charles.
1: Not an exact reference. Too long a story to read anyway. <laughs> but just, uh, just Elijah after when he just took off running from uh, from Jezebel and was fed by the ravens, and then provided for <clears throat> the widow Zarephath's house. And just
0: It's too much to
1: read, but to watch that whole...
0: The whole thing unfold, it's amazing. And he said the entire time, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Any more?
2: I was thinking, even Christ, our older
0: brother of faith,
2: says, Lord, not my will, but thine." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had that one written down as well. Luke 22, 42. Any more? Steve, you're itching, aren't you? (laughs) Any more? If you think of any through the rest of the week, please text them to somebody, share them with somebody. It's very encouraging. By the way, this should be normal, following the shepherd should be normal for us, so we should be seeing this all the time, everywhere. Uh, I want to share a few more with you. Joshua 24, uh, I will start with verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. This is Joshua speaking towards the end of his life. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Yep. Pay attention to who he tells them to serve. Choose your, for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which are beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Are either of those legitimate options? That's kind of the same, right? It's Satan. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua is setting up this huge confrontation. He is telling the people that he has been leading through battle. If it's disagreeable with you to serve the Lord, okay. As for me and my house, we're going to let the Lord bear a shepherd and have no wants. Before we go on, We learn by repetition and we learn in contrasts. So just as there's a ton, tons of, in other words, following the Lord, he is my shepherd. You know, the opposite is there as well. People that say they're listening, I think Tom or Jim, I forget which one of you started down the path of somebody that said they were listening and they really weren't. Can you think of any? I know Steve can because he posted about it from, uh, I forget which thoughts from the, the bed, the hospital. I forget what the blog had said. I'll see if I can pull it up. If you guys can think of any, raise your hand and let me know while I look for the picture where I saved the photo. Thoughts from a hospital bed. So can anybody think of any examples of those who had proclaimed to be listeners, followers, but were not? Steph. Judas, it's an awesome one. It's one of the ones on Steve's list. Demas. Who's that? Demas. Demas. Absolutely, Tim. If I remember the names correctly, Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira, Steve, they're getting them all so far.
1: Matthew nineteen twenty-two, the rich young ruler who walked away sorrowful because he had
0: much. He had much to lose. That's a good one. It wasn't worth it. Yep, he considered the cost, and it wasn't worth it to him. Anyone else? Think of any more? They're all over the place. The Pharisees. Pharisees. Jesus said to them, woe are you?" You missed it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Aaron's sons, Hophni and Phineas. No, that was uh, Eli's sons. Aaron's sons, the the priests.
3: Yes, the priests one.
0: Yeah, got toasted. <laughs> Jim, you had it one.
3: I was <laughs> thinking of those main I just. Oh, it was on um, Elijah's uh, servant who wanted he to took the the
0: uh, the um yeah.
3: thing and, was, and then he
0: got the. leprosy. Right. Go ahead. The generation that perished in the wilderness. Yeah, it? the whole generation that perished in the wilderness under Moses' leadership. Yeah. WOO. Beacon. Beacon on Steve's list as well. And the whole group of Israelites that got swallowed up. Uh, sons
3: yeah.
0: of Korah? <laughs> yeah. And his son, the sons and the, the, whole, the whole clan. Oh, yeah. Diatrophies. <laughs> yeah. Diatrophies. Yeah, that's on his list too. Go ahead. Cain. Who's that? Cain. Cain. We started, uh, we got in uh, Hebrews 11. Cain? Yeah. Think of any more. He wasn't able to
2: have been.
0: He wasn't yeah, I was waiting for you to come up with something like that.
2: <laughs> Any more?
0: No more?
3: Maybe even Saul? King Saul?
2: Yeah, King
0: Saul. Absolutely. Joseph's, brother. Joseph's brothers. Whew. That's an ouch, isn't it? And yet they become the tribes of Israel. all of the Israelites in the wilderness specifically, but pretty much through time. What's that? The first Kings, right? first Kings, First Chronicles, pretty much the whole Old Testament. Judges, the, Judges yeah. The other, ten spies. the other 10 spies. Wow, yeah. Think of any more a little bit more recent in time. We do have a New Testament as well. The coppersmith.
2: Avoid him. Yeah,
0: avoid him like crazy. Stay away from that guy.
1: Yeah,
0: those that have tasted and have walked away. Any more? Go The other six churches in Revelation. Yeah, the rest of the churches of Revelation. <laughs> there's another nation that we're completely missing. Judah. What's that? Judah. Oh, bigger than that. All the churches in a specific nation walked away. Asia. Asia. Woo. Yeah. Challenging, isn't it? Any more? Before we move on. I have two more passages. I have three more passages. Oh, two more passages I want to share with you. The Corinthian, the Corinthian church. Lots of struggles there, wasn't there? Holy smokes. You guys are getting good at this. Any more? Yeah it's, it's a, it's a examining: souls. It's just yeah. Absolutely, and that's where we're going with this. We just cannot look back in history and point our fingers at these examples, because we fall into one of those two categories. We are either sheep that are following and listening and looking like the originals that we saw, or we're maybe following, listening when we want to, when it's convenient, when it's uh, if you look on the back of your bulletins, the quote on the back kind of follows perfectly with what we're talking here. I did not bring my bulletin up with me. Somebody want to read that out loud? Go ahead.
4: The pursuit of God is not a part-time weekend exercise. If it is, chances are you will experience a part-time weekend freedom. Abiding requires a kind of staying power. The pursuit is relentless. It hungers and thirsts. It pants as the deer after the mountain brook. It takes the kingdom by storm. The pursuit of God is a pursuit of passion. Indifference will not do. To abide in the word is to hang on tenaciously. A weak grip will soon slip away. Discipleship requires staying power. We sign up for duration. We do not graduate until heaven.
0: Yeah, a tenacious holding on. I like that. That is the same thought. Um, Two passages I want to leave you with today. First Peter chapter one. I'm gonna read verse one through nine. I'm gonna try to anyhow. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Binthia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours to the fullest. So he is talking to believers, believers who have been scattered because of persecution, who are facing some horrendous persecution of their own. Um, He then says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. Peter is telling these guys that are dealing with the most horrific life that you can imagine from persecution for being Christians, for saying the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. They're having everything taken away from them, homes burned in front of them, their families killed in front of them, and they are refusing to renounce Christ. It is not something that we deal with at all on a regular basis, if ever. And yet he is telling them that their faith is more precious than gold. They still haven't seen the resurrected Christ. They're living by faith. But their outcome will be salvation with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Is that how we walk today? Do we live life with all the trials that come our way, whatever they may be, as if these persecution trials are momentary light afflictions, temporary. They're just purging, purifying our faith. That the result will be inexpressible joy and glory. Or when we get the little bumps in the road of life, bring us pain, bring us sorrow, grief, we come undone. These guys were losing everything and Peter is encouraging them to rejoice to greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Job chapter 19 verse 25 and this one I wrote down right. Job's comment, and I close with this As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. In other words, Job is saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So, my challenge for you in closing is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord my shepherd? Are we truly following? Or are we just giving the lip service that we saw with the achens and the Church of Asia, etc.? Or are we really falling on our face in repentance, crying out to God to be merciful on us, believing fully that he is the redeemer, he will return, he will judge, he will rule? Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for giving us your word, your written word, in a language that we can read, we can understand, we can study, we can spend time in, we can memorize it, we can meditate on it. We have people that surround us, that you have surrounded us with that can encourage us as well, that can help us. Father, I just thank you so much for all these resources and you have promised that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will send your Holy Spirit to guide us, to comfort us, to continue to teach us, that you will just be our shepherd and lead us and give us everything we could possibly want in you. And at the same time, Father, I, I beg forgiveness for rejecting that truth, for walking my own way, for renouncing you, for acting like the world. Father, I pray that you would be with us as a a church, as a body of believers, as friends, that you would help us remind each other and encourage each other that you are worthy, that you are sufficient, we have nothing to fear, that you have walked this, this world ahead of us You are our older brother. You have adopted us. You love us. That you have a plan and a purpose. Father, I pray that you would build our faith, that you would encourage us so that we can encourage others, that you would continue to comfort us so we could comfort others. Not that it would bring glory to us, but that we could glorify you because there's no way we can do this on our own. Father, again, I thank you for your written word, so it's not dependent on my memory or somebody else's memory, and we quote it wrong and we get the details wrong, but it's written down so we can go back to it as foundational. This is truth. Help us to stand on that truth and nothing else. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and um, respond in singing.